Welcome into the TKW podcast. We're a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Brian Giberman. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Giberman. Kyle Maggio at Kyle Maggio. We're joined by Ty Jordan on this episode at Definitely Not Ty. Also, the TKW podcast. Follow us there at TKW podcast. At the Knicks Wall is the main account. Find us on iTunes and Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe. Give us a five or someone goes and stabs you. That's how that works. On Spotify, is it like a five? I don't even know. That's what it is on iTunes. But whatever the highest rating is on Spotify, give us that too. Kyle, we have uh, some R.J. Barrett was drafted by the Knicks. We have some R.J. Barrett merch. Where can we find that and what is it exactly? Yep. So we have, I think, four designs out for R.J. Barrett. So we have the Yo, I'm a Nick shirt. It's a lovely kind of 90s graphic design with his face as the O in Yo. Uh, that's my favorite shirt. That's the one that I got. Um, we have a Maple Mamba jersey. So just like a jersey you'd buy at the Garden. Same thing, except, you know, same number style and everything. Uh, just says Maple Mamba on the back. Looks really nice if you get it on a blue shirt. Um, that's one of the best sellers so far. Um, we just have a Maple Mamba logo. It's just a leaf and a snake behind RJ Barrett's face. And then we just have one that has his face and says RJ and Y. They're all really nice. Um, really happy with them. Uh, Bailey Carlin and our own Ryan Gray designed those shirts. You can find those uh, on designtree.com. So that's dsgntree.com slash the Knicks wall. Um, just buy some shirts. Uh, we're all excited for RJ Barrett. You should be too. And uh, that's just some of the better designs you're going to see. So get some shirts. All right. Ty is here because we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony. We're going to do that in a little bit. We're going to get to the former Nick second, but we have a topic we're going to hit on first that deals with the current team. Uh, since the Knicks didn't hold any press conferences still, not a thing they're going to do where they can get their message out. All right, sure, do your thing. Uh, Bobby Portis talked to Mark Berman of the New York Post in an interview, and Bobby Portis came out and said that he is going to be the backup center, and he's going to play twenty to around 26 minutes a game. Hey, what do you know? The Knicks didn't just willy-nilly sign four guys they thought were going to play power forward. And there was an actual plan behind it. Guys, I, I am I'm stunned. Kyle, what did you think about that little tidbit of news? I, I thought that's kind of what we thought it was going to be. I thought we both felt that Bobby Portis was going to play a stretch five role, similar to the way that they used Cornette, except uh, Portis is a better basketball player. And um, he could be pretty valuable that way and he could obviously eat up some power forward minutes too if need be but um you know pretty much coming out and saying that he's the backup kind of lets you know right away what uh their intentions are so i actually like him for that role um and obviously i think we all feel 
much better now that we know for sure Mitch is the starter. I thought I don't know why people were skeptical of that. I. I know we kind of talked about that uh, that in Slack, but I was very confident. That just seemed like the most obvious one. Like every, anybody else is up in the air, but that seemed like a layup to me. I mean, it, it's not it's not really much of you know, news like, hey, he says, yeah, I want to be the best six man that I can possibly be since I'm not starting. Um, the only thing that was interesting, like in my opinion, well, not even really interesting, it isn't something was that Taj Gibson is going to be the power forward instead. Cause you've seen Taj play some of the five, but, uh, but Bobby is, you know, a couple inches taller, you know, you can sometimes, you can might even be able to run a five out in some sets with Bobby playing at the five. So, you know, it's not like he said anything wild outlandish. Um, what actually out of all of his comments, out of all the comments that he made in the last couple of weeks, he's been saying a lot was that all the players knew already that, you know, Kevin and Kyrie were going to uh, we're going to we're going to Brooklyn and that, you know, the Knicks approached him like before free agency. I'm like, he's kind of making it hot out here. Like, I, I, I'm i just really interested to see what Bobby does during the season. He might be one of the, the volatile guys that the Knicks signed. I mean, just look at look at his history a little bit like this might be he might be an interesting character because, you know, as the season begins to get closer to the beginning of the season he might say some wild stuff he might come in here with watches on with watches around his ankles like we're not even out of free agency yet and he's just you know a little loud he's a little loud yeah he did uh the wizards were like now the wizards stunk but he played backup center for them i think it was about 77 percent of his minutes with the wizards were at the backup center and they actually did they were about i think it was uh 3.6 points better per hundred possessions with him playing on with him on the court compared to when he was off, when he was on Washington. Now you have to look at the context that the wizards stunk and they didn't have a lot of talent on that roster. So someone, even if he wasn't good, there's the possibility that he might've made that team better. So you can't take, put that much stock into it. That's where you have to be careful with those type of numbers but it is at least a positive that he put up decent numbers. They play better when he was on the court. And I don't hate, I don't hate it as much with him in that backup. If, if you're kind of, you have him at the backup five, maybe a little bit of four on nights, he's playing well. And I think I'm, I'm okay with him in, in that context. Yeah. I actually think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in that role. So um, I think that's a pretty good addition. Still not crazy about the price, but I mean, it, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing we can do. It's nothing we can do. Oh, oh, oh no! It's a lot of money, but a price I am fine with. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to Harry's.com/slash/BlueWire to save ten dollars on a value trial set, which includes. Five, five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple clean design with quality and durable blades at a, pra- at a, at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. 
Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash blue up. All of Harry's blades come with 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash blue wire to redeem your razor for $3. Now we're here for the main event. This is what, this is what Ty wanted to talk about. So we'll, that's why we brought him on. There was a report by Shams over at The Athletic that if the Knicks signed two max free agents, say a Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they would have considered bringing back Carmelo Anthony. And that is just stupid and dumb. And if the Knicks did that, even like, this is how I look at it. They would have had to bring back, they would have had to play DeAndre Jordan and they would have had Carmelo Anthony. So with Kevin Durant out for a season, two guys that would be playing at minimum 15 to 20 minutes would have been two of the worst defenders in the NBA that are no longer that no longer positively influence winning on a team. And that would have been taking away from resources to invest on players that actually would help a team. Now, was Carmelo the reason that the Rockets failed last year? No. Were the Rockets better off surrounding James Harden and Chris Paul with players like Austin Rivers, Iman Shumpert, Daniel House, and other guys that could play shoot threes and play some semblance of, at worst, average defense, and in most cases, better, that were cheap, just like Carmelo was? Yes, Carmelo Anthony isn't helping you win basketball games at this point in his career, and I really don't care about what he's done in the past. What you're trying to do now is win games. That would have been – I already was against having Durant and Kyrie just with DeAndre Jordan in the mix. Like, I wouldn't have done that. If you would have added Melo to it also, like, I can't even explain how much I would have been against that decision. Yeah, I think they were trying to go for the home run of PR because, uh, like, I, I think they were just trying to make their image look spectacular. I think that was part of the sell, maybe to some of the free agents, was just like, hey, uh, you know, obviously we can pair you up with uh, Kyrie or Durant, but um, it's also going to be Mel's going away tour, so it'll be a real fun year. Da, da, da. Like, I think that's something that they were trying to sell to players to make them want to come but i don't think they wanted to do it unless they knew that they had some kind of a competitive team like an actual good basketball team um that's my read on it because otherwise which mellow would have prevented them from having sure and i just feel like if they if they were if they were going to do that i i almost thought that should have been part of the contingency plan like if that's what you wanted to do i i don't see why not having a better team would affect it. You know, it's sort of the same thing with the Heat. They were like, ah, fuck it. We're in Capel right now. You know, do you just want to come back for the minimum? And uh, we'll play you like 15 minutes a night. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. Okay. And then he came in and did it. And then, you know, had his little retirement tour and it was fun. So 
I thought that would be something that they would realistically consider. I, I couldn't see them doing it the way that uh, the, the report came out. That's to me sounded funny for the uh, reasons you described. Like, why would you sign Melo and DeAndre Jordan? Like both. Like that seemed like a weird, uh, like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of odd to me. I, I figured it would have been the other way around. Like uh, they would have tried to sign them if they swung and missed like they did. But uh, it is what it is. Would have been a great team in 2010. Fantastic team. Fantastic team in 2010. Ty, I don't see how you can be angry at what I just said. Like why? Like first off, just disrespectful. All right. Like, come on. Come on. All right. He's, he's a, honestly, he's the best thing to happen in New York in how many years? A, a very long time. And he was forced. And he was forced but out. I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. I just don't, I just don't live in the past. But like that's not, the thing is, it's not about living in the past. It's about, you know, just giving, giving the people something to cheer about. No, he's not going to win us any games. You don't expect him to win us any games. He signed for the minimum in, um, in Houston. He's sign, he'd sign again for the minimum in New York, and he's just going to take up like it, like the roster spot would be more would be you know the bigger you know would be the the bigger uh, tax or the bigger penalty against the team than the actual veteran minimum that he would sign for, and like and it goes to show how vets really help these young guys. Um, I wrote something last July, actually, about how Paul George um, was affected by Danny Granger and David West and how he developed a little bit. Not saying that he's the great leader like that, but you see how he was essentially ran out of town by Phil Jackson, and he still kept all that poise. He still gave it his all. He played his ass off. You know, he was deteriorating, and no one's expecting him to play 15, 20 minutes a night. When he has his retirement tour, I – don't even want to see him maybe 10 minutes, maybe five minutes, because you know that that jab step isn't working, you know, his knees already given out. Like, you, you just want him there to be, like, a positive force, to the guys to see a player who really came and, you know, and worked his ass off in New York, and he still didn't make it because he couldn't make it alone. And maybe that could be something that makes them bring themselves together as young guys in New York who want to do something great there, who have the potential to do something great there. Um that's just how you know. That's you know. That's the that's the narrative because it's not about you know winning him winning you any games. It's about you know just a narrative of bringing you know a New York legend back to show you know some of the young guys what winning New York is about, which is actually what Fizdale did was when he brought some of the old old dudes who were great Knicks, the old great players of yesteryear. Um. What? Oh God! Did I hate Why? that? And I hated that so much. I oh I can't. I I don't do. I don't do. <laughs> you just go win fucking games. That's it. Put a team on the court and win some fucking games. That's all I care about. I don't care. Do you, do we really think Mitchell Robinson gives a shit that, that Willis Reed is like limping around in front of them? <laughs> do we? Do do we think Mitchell Robinson even knows who Willis Reed is? No, he admitted this. Yeah, yeah, no, he admitted yeah. this. Um, that they asked him that he's they're like, Did you know who else Reed was? He's like, No, but I went home and I watched it on YouTube. So it's like, Yeah, he didn't know, he didn't know until that day. 
Dude, those the Knicks players when Philzdale was doing those things were probably like me in Spanish class in eighth grade, trying to get a seat like all the way in the back corner so I could put my head down and fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Let's. I, I hope they enjoy it for all the the BS novelty reasons that everybody always talks about. But uh, yeah, I, listen. The reporters cared about that more than the players. Like that was like a layup for the reporters. Like, oh, here you go, guys. Here's a here's a fluff story for you. Pretty much, you gotta take these. Look, we had how many wins did we have? Seventeen wins. Seventeen. You gotta take these victories. Yes. So sign players that win more. We games. Just tried. We just tried that, Brian. It didn't really work out. Okay, so we gotta get some. We gotta get some. Yeah, they're going. They're, yes, it did. They're gonna win more games. Taj Gibson is that like veteran presence, and he's actually not atrocious at basketball now. He, he is. He had like a sixty. True, I actually love Taj. Yeah, Gibson. and he had a sixty true shooting percentage last I year, and he plays some defense. So. There we go. We got what you wanted with Mello. Plus, he doesn't suck at basketball. Yay! I I love Taj, and he's from and he's from Queens, I believe. No, he's from Brooklyn. Excuse me, he's from Brooklyn, and that's really cool too. You know, he's and he's got some he's got some sort of winning chops with Chicago years, but I mean, he's not really that guy. But I think him as a leader, I think he's a good pickup. So he so they do have that in him. But, you know, I just would like a shooter in there, too, just to show the young guys a little bit of something. I'm not saying Mel's a shooting coach, but just, I don't know, like, like you know, get him to compete. I bet you he'd beat him in a game of horse. The last guy Melo <laughs> kind of took under his wing was Kristaps Porzingis. And the things he learned from him was to shoot mid-range jumpers at a volume he shouldn't and to want to not play up a position and playing down a position instead. Do we really need Knicks players to be learning that again? Hey, first, all right, number one, don't you ever forget this. Don't this you is ever, borderline, don't you ever this forget is borderline this. Okay. slander now. Shooters shoot, all right? That's what they do. Yes, okay, but shoot number from the three-point line and not from 18 feet out contested. But I'm, him not wanting to switch positions or play, you know, or go to the bigger position, that's what. That's all these dudes are like that. All these dudes are like that. Paul George was complaining about, he's like, I'm a wing, I'm not a forward. And then he moved, now he plays the three and the four. And now AD doesn't want to play the center. Al Horford doesn't like, has been playing out of position for forever. He wants to be a power forward, but he's actually a center. I don't know why he still like thinks that. Like he's the only one who thinks that. Like, yeah, this has been yeah, happening so for a not, long time, Brian. A lot like, of players do this. Blame it on Mello. Okay, well, not the one. I'm pointing out the one on the Knicks. Oh, I am, and I just did. I'm, I'm really not. I'm more kidding around there. But no, don't make me talk bad about Mello because he's one of he's my since Ewing, he's my favorite Nick. But there's some things. It ended. It did not end well, and it went down. It kind of went downhill after that first Derek Fisher year. And I'm not I, – I do not want to watch Carmelo Anthony play basketball anymore. Like that Thunder year. It would be the, – the Like game. it or not, the, nov- the, the novelty would be there. Like that would yeah. sell for – like for me, that would sell. There's a lot of people that would sell for Kyle, it would sell for like two weeks, and then he'd be playing and taking shots at the end Garbage of the Garbage time, like, Melo? Oh, no, no, no. He's having the Iverson – he's That's having true. the Iverson end to his career where – Part of the reason he's not there is he wants a bigger role than you he should that. have, and he's not willing to accept that. Well, in in the in Houston he did though, and then uh, like four or five players got injured to start the year, and they were short, so he had to start some games. Like they were really short-handed for a while. 
Why are you blaming him? Why do you hate Melo, Brian? Can we please yeah, Brian. the meat and potatoes? Why do you hate, why do you hate the, the second best player since Patrick Ewing on this team? He let Roy Hibbert embarrass him. Oh, all right. Well, that's fair. Right? Why'd you have to bring it up, though? Because you guys started taunting me. Right, well, none of us want to remember that right now. You taunted me and did it. This is it was no a different time. Your own. Well, now all of us, including our listeners, are very upset. You did that. That was you. It's your fault. So it's like every other episode. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh man, bring him home. I'm absolutely down. Bring for that. back Mello. One thing I did hate, though, I hated about this this um, was free agency was the Knicks just went and got all these dudes, filled up every single roster spot. Like why? For Wayne Ellington, Reggie, both like mad power forwards. I, I don't know. I liked a couple of the signings. Like I, I've wanted Marcus Morris on my team for a very long time. I've wanted Julius Randle on my team for a very long time. Um, I really didn't want Portis for that amount, but he should be a fun backup center slash forward when he plays occasionally. So there's some guys like – they're they're just good basketball players, or at least solid. And uh, there wasn't a lot of that last year. So, like especially Randall, I think we all kind of agree is, is a good get. But I know we're talking about the other guys. Yeah, but we got. I, but like, I, I just it. I don't know. Nobody really excites me. They're just kind of competent. We mad, yeah, you know? we got like, mad power forwards. It's like we got like five dudes who can play power forward. We got mad. Yo, it's like having mad spaghetti sauce with no meat. Like, what do you want me to do with this? Well, you, one, as we just talked about, the league is playing bigger, so I don't think there's really going to be an issue playing. Marcus Morris has played a lot of time at small forward before. I, mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be easy. You have him and Knox, and you got some some of the other guys that can play. Uh, the shooting guards, the guard, look, Alfred Payton's the one I think you can c- complain about the most because you want Dennis to get the run at point guard. You want Frank to get run at point guard. Still, I know, Ty, you don't want Frank to get run at point guard, but he should. Um Ellington, you need shooting. They needed shooting, so they got Ellington and Bullock. I see it. I understand it. If RJ is not ready to take on a lot of minutes right away, and I don't think that's an out of, I don't think that's crazy to say that that could happen. You want insurance for Knox not being good. Like they, they're not gonna. They don't want to win 17 games again, and they're putting into place if some of the young kids aren't where they need to be, or guys get hurt there's just they have contingency plans this year rather than if stuff goes wrong you have to be playing Kadeem Allen 30 minutes a game yeah my thing is that we're gonna eventually have to talk about is like what kind of what happened at center like a year a season or so ago is that they're like there are there are a lot of young um shooting guards too like guys who could play the two on the Knicks, like we got Dame, uh, we got Damian, we got Trier, RJ. I think should be a two for right now. Frank is probably ideally he'd be a two right now. It that's that's something that's gonna happen. There's not enough space for all those guys, and who some of us probably all like. But we're just gonna have to. That's something that Fizdale's gonna have to deal with um, very soon. I think. You know, maybe in the first 20 games, something's going to have to give between those guys. You just play You play a lot of guys and you limit the minutes amount. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. 
Maybe. I mean, do you think Frank's getting better with eight minutes a game, ten minutes a game? Players are so one thing. Players are going to get hurt, and I, I don't really know like the rotation stuff without having any data. Like the, not data, but just it's July, man. I don't. We don't know how this is going to fucking play out. It's really it's too early to be kind of breaking down who's going to play what and where. But it's just, yeah. I think over the course of the season, the young guy, you're going to get you're going to get thirty to forty games of them trying to win. And whoever is, who's playing, who deserves to play, will play. And if they don't, they'll either win games and be in the playoff race. And if they don't, the second half of the season is going to be dedicated to giving the young guys run. And we'll see how that goes. Hmm. Oh, so you're saying like 30, 40 games until like they give up? Like, yeah, you try and win, and if you don't win, yeah. you ship off some of the vets, or they the vets understand, hey, we're not winning, and you play the young guys. Give me, give me an actual I mean, number. That's pretty, con- that's pretty standard yeah. practice for how NBA teams run. I mean, probably the trading deadline, and then you have like thirty games after that that you play the kids. Yeah, if they if thing if they don't play as well as you want to, I mean, I, I don't think it's anything to freak out. About. Nah, I'm just like thinking about like what game, like when is the game that they finally give up like the front office is just like okay let's uh let's bring out the <laughs> let's let's bring out the brooms like how like how far it's going to it's going it's going to be another one of those games against the magic where they just oh, beat yeah. the shit out of us for no reason oh, even yeah. even though they're not really that good they're just good regular solid good oh man those games were bad that they, they beat the crap out of the Knicks last year even with Mitchell having that record-setting game that against was, them, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, does that come and like how early do you think that can come? It's like a game now. We've had so many losing seasons in a row. You, like, you, you got to do the over/under. Like, is it January? It, it always it, it always comes it always comes in January. That's that's always when those losses what? come because December you're still talking yourself into oh okay like we can lose some games it's fine like as long as they're competitive bad I can watch these games. Like January is when it really starts to to weigh on you, you know that that's when only the realest of the real are still watching. So I think, I, I think January is like when a game like that would happen. Yeah, then you always get that guy late January. He's just panicking. He's like, he's like he's supposed to be super optimistic, but it's really just he's like, oh they can still, oh they can still make the playoffs. They just have to win. They're not mathematically uh they're not mathematically out of it. Yeah, they just have to win like seventeen games in a row, <laughs> and, they're, and they're and they're back in it. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. All right, Kyle. What uh, social? Take us of the rounds on social media as we wrap up here. All right, guys. Make sure you're following us uh, on all our social media platforms. So on on Twitter is where most of you probably uh, follow us. But make sure you're following us on Instagram. Uh, we've been doing a lot more there lately. Facebook, same thing. Uh, we just got to four thousand on Facebook, by the way. I think over the weekend. So thank you for everyone who uh, listens via Facebook. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, but also we're on YouTube. Subscribe there. Uh, make sure you uh, in in the iTunes the podcast store. Make sure you give us a five star rating and uh, review, and uh, you know follow all of us on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, that's about it. That that wraps up another edition of the TKW podcast. Uh, yeah,